I think the biggest thing that Oregon has to do in this game, and it's something that is really difficult to do after a big time win when you're you're seeing yourself all over Twitter, you're seeing yourself all over, you know, the national pundits, you're hearing all the news clippings about yourself. Just avoid that emotional letdown. You know, at the end of the day, these are still 19, 18 year old kids, you know, to 23, 24, in Bo Nix's case, 34. But, um, you know, just avoiding that emotional letdown. You know, you know, all jokes aside, and I, I was really hard on Bo Nix coming into Oregon. I was not a fan of it. You know, I was oh, definitely you team, and me both. Yeah, I was definitely team Ty Thompson. Uh, if Shane were on the podcast right now, I know he'd be bringing up Bo Nix's uh, Flock Pod Hall of Fame status and where that is. And and it's definitely something to be considered. I think we need to we'll have that conversation at the end of the season when we do our Flock Pod Hall of Fame nominations. Hello and welcome to the Flock Pod. We are at hashtag 158 here in beautiful Chopper Base. The Avatarier producers just finished dinner, so they're going to have their post-dinner zoomies all over the place. So the door is closed just in case to keep them out of today's podcast. If you'd please be so kind, go find us on all of your major podcast streaming platforms at The Flock Pod. Make sure you're giving us the five-star ratings. Make sure you are subscribed and even leave a kind review if you would be so kind and we will read it here on the podcast. I haven't said this for a while. You can also like, you know, go into an AT&T store, go into a T-Mobile store and just go into all of the phones that they have out and just subscribe them to The Flock Pod. That's always a fun yeah. thing to do. Just saying, you know, if you really want to go the extra mile, that would be really, really awesome also please go find us on all of your major social media platforms facebook instagram twitter at the flock pod make sure you're following along the conversation make sure you're seeing when that fresh flockness comes out in your feed you can find me at coach justin d on those same social media platforms jesse tell them where you are yes sir you can find me at the graphman d-a-g-r-a-f-f F as in fantastic. Fantastic. M M A N at whatever. <laughs> everything. Find everything. Him on everything. We've got a great podcast for you folks today. Lots of lots and lots of news to get to. Obviously, a dominant victory to also get to the Oregon Ducks take care of business against the Utah Utes 35-2-6. An absolute masterclass. But we're gonna just gonna put that game just on pause for a second. You've already got our instant reaction podcast out there. Uh, let us know how you guys feel about that too. If you like the instant reaction, if you think we just need to do the one podcast a week, give us a little feedback. We appreciate it, Flocker. First thing I want to talk about, Jesse, is this Oregon Duck team comes in number six in the first CFP rankings. I think that it's the appropriate spot to have them ranked, you know, with everything out there with the, you know, the other undefeated teams. The thing I want to talk about is them being the highest ranked number one team and what that says about yes. the Pac-12, what that says about what they think about Oregon and your thoughts on them being the highest ranked win loss team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's um I think it's obviously fantastic. I I agree with you. I think they're right where um they should be uh considering I mean it, it you know, it's hard to it's hard to justify putting a one-loss team 
in front of any undefeated at this point that's not you know who is it air force i think is still undefeated <laughs> air force is undefeated out there uh, yeah number 24 i think in the, in the cfp rankings if i remember correctly i that's always that's always bothered me you know the 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 mid-majors of college football as it were that you know you can only beat the teams that are in front of you so a team goes undefeated and and can't crack into the playoffs or whatever and and as we have had you know many examples over the years i always think of the boise states absolutely those kind of teams that just that never got a a true shot and it's Mm -hmm. um so i'm a big fan of you know playoff expansion for that exact reason yep Um, get that next year baby that 12 which is a whole which is a whole other conversation but as it stands right now they're clear the rankers are clearly saying man we're going to miss the Pac12 cuz this is right? there's yeah. a lot of talent here you got i mean you got Washington and Oregon right next to each other you got several other teams in that ranking um and basically like we said before just because you know Oregon lost a heartbreaker in Seattle they still control their destiny where they're at they are going as if they can if they finish strong and finish off everything this year they're in man there's yep. no way around it yeah a few things come to mind for me i think if you played those five undefeated teams if oregon were to play them on a neutral field i think two of those teams maybe three are favored against Oregon, but I think yeah. both Washington and Florida state, I think they'd be, I think Oregon would actually be the favorite in those games on a neutral field. The other three are kind of up. I think Ohio state's the toss up. I think Ohio state, just with that questionable offensive line, uh, McCord, things yeah. of that nature, see what they, um, what they would do in a, in a neutral side game. The other thing that comes to mind though, Jesse is if Oregon again, playing what ifs here, hypotheticals, if Oregon had beat Washington, would they have a legit case to be the number one team in the country? Ooh, there's a good question because, right, that is at this point the only game between uh, anyone in that top six. I mean, once you add in, uh, once you go past Oregon, then you have Texas, then you have Penn State, Oklahoma coming right in there. So then you're Alabama. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're involving a lot of teams there. Um, but yeah, in that top six, Oregon and Washington, they're the only ones that have played each other. So I think, yeah, you have to. Uh, you have to have an argument for Oregon um, it, to, to, to get that number one seed, especially if you're going to go, you know, with, with a Georgia team that has been number one throughout the year and then all of a sudden i know that's been a lot of talk for other folks is is ohio state is at the top of the rankings instead of georgia so you know if we if we're going to do that then yeah i think absolutely oregon also would have a a claim to that to that top spot uh especially with with all the statistics they've been putting up it's hard it's hard to argue i i i would say well, and lots of national love, uh, Herb Herbstreet, Joel Klatt, uh, lots of national pundits out there giving Oregon a lot of love saying, you know, they're the team that nobody wants to play. And, you know, <laughs> I always get a little nervous when, when that starts happening, just because exactly. especially with like a team like Cal still on the schedule, a team like Arizona State, a trip to the desert in November is just always uh... just brings back scary, scary memories for me. But someone it's, it's, always, yeah, 
Sorry, yeah, it's terrifying. I don't. No, it's I'm not terrifying. even gonna say it. Yeah, it no, yeah, yeah, don't I'm even don't even person. put it out there into the universe. Don't even say it. <laughs> Uh, but let's get back to where this team is now and uh, f- finishing up this absolute masterclass of a game against Utah. Uh, the other thing that was a masterclass is those YouTube recaps that the Oregon football social media team continues to put together. Those things are beautiful. I loved the inclusion this week of a little of the in-game audio between the coaches. Just a just an absolute chef's kiss um, on those videos. Have you been enjoying yeah. those too? Yeah, it's absolutely good stuff. Whoever, you know, I'd say whoever's doing those deserves a raise, but I'm sure it's kids in the AV class that are doing it for free. But that's he's on. Yeah, he's on Twitter. I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, shout out uh, doing an absolutely incredible because that's a lot of work digging through all of that audio and then match. I mean, that is I mean, as someone that is (laughs) dabbled and then quickly given up in video editing, that is a yeah. uh, That is a lot of work. I'll stick to my audio editing over here for the podcast. Right. Um, right. Uh, let's I'll let you th- know when I have time to do anything like that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to go through here a little quarter by quarter in this Utah game, just to, just to break it down just a little bit more here, Jesse. So stick with me here. Um, sure. I love that Dan Lanny came out right away and said he wanted the ball. You know, that was yeah. in the the YouTube clip also um, right away. No matter what he wanted, the ball, Utah actually abided, gave the Ducks the ball to start the game. And boy, was that a statement drive just oh coming out right away with an offensive script, uh, putting that together. But I think the most important part and the most impressive drive to me in that first quarter was their defensive drive. And that that first drive for Utah, I mean, the Ducks basically stopped them three times. Uh, the first time gets you know negated by a pass interference call on Kyrie Jackson that he's tripping, he's falling. I yeah. don't know. I don't love that call, uh, but I I, I even, hated it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't love it. Uh, Oregon gets the ball right back. Uh, unfortunately, Bucky Irving just gets absolutely decleated by Ooh. Utah defender fumbles. Uh, Utah still stumbles, uh, is unable to to get that opportunity, and then they have to finally, you know, for get the field goal. Um, but this was the fast start, and this was Oregon playing downhill that I wanted to see. And this is what we talked about in the preview podcast last week. So what from that first quarter um, and what from those first few drives really stuck out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everything, everything you mentioned there, what really stuck out to me when the when the quarter ended, or or as it was coming to an end, uh, what really stuck out to me was uh, was the play of Bo Nix. I mean, was he he won in completion, which was not his fault. It just slipped through the fingers of Troy. I think it was Troy Franklin going on the sideline. Uh, you know, he's got two massive dudes right on his heels. It's okay. Those happen. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, nine for 10. Well, and Ferguson made up for it later. Terrence Ferguson made up for it later with an incredible catch. I think that was in the third quarter, maybe on that drive to really kind of put the game away if I'm remembering correctly, but an absolutely great grab that he really made up for it. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but keep going. No, it's okay. Whatever it was, it was one incompletion, uh, that was not on him. Uh, for 122 yards and a touchdown, he ma- like we like we said in our instant recap podca- podcast, he broke whatever QB rating there is. It was 250 something for the quarter, which I didn't know was possible. Um, <laughs> but that was yeah, just an absolute 
incredible first quarter from Bo and it and the whole game was incredible and he's he's just he's playing at such a high level for several weeks in a row is just it's it's really really great to see I mean we've all you know we've all we all remember in years past when our quarterback play hasn't been the best you know we're we're looking at little you know Dinkin and Duncan down the field. We got to get our wildcat formations in. We got to get our triple option. Yeah. We got to get, yeah. you know, we got to get wildly creative when you have someone like Bo who can sling it all over the field. I mean, that it's, it's, it makes the game incredibly fun to watch. Um, that's the, that was the, my biggest takeaway um, on the offensive side of the ball, anyway. The defense holding over and over. I mean, outside of, this penalty that i mean was yeah like you said fast start and then they never let up yep yeah never let up well and that continued there in the second quarter quick interception there by Tysheem johnson another great play uh then the ducks drive right back down the field and bo it's just a great play to get that ball into the end zone for troy franklin a little pump fake little movement around in the pocket and then franklin with a really nice diving grab in the end zone to make it 21 to 3 they just they never let up they never let utah have an opportunity to feel like they were really in this game the defense yeah. playing just <laughs> i'm making an absolute statement by just playing solid man-to-man defense i think they played zone maybe once or twice and on one of those zone possessions is when they actually got the interception which i found absolutely hilarious yeah. but then the the solid defensive line play where they were getting penetration but they weren't allowing rushing lanes for barnes and the linebackers yeah. were doing an incredible job of coming in and cleaning up any kind of a mess that that defensive line left behind. Uh, as we look ahead here into the third quarter, 28 to six coming out right almost right away. Uh, the Ducks continue to do what we talked about, and they continue to attack the edges of that Utah defense, and they continue to win that battle when they when they are attacking those edges. And Bucky Irving spread them out. Yeah, yeah, spread them out. Well, it's and it wasn't the toss play that we talked about, but they did nope. run a couple of those sweeps, almost look like some counters into the boundary, mm-hmm. uh, kind of putting Utah in a phone book, if you will, a phone booth, if you will, and running them over. I mean, they were really yeah. running through the face. And again, I don't know how JJ and Bucky do it. They have incredible, <laughs> incredible contact balance. Uh, that run that JJ had to put uh, Holden in position to get that touchdown uh, down to the wing, it was down to the two. And then Bucky had that play on that first drive of the game, uh, putting Bo Nix yes. in the position to go get that touchdown. Just incredible contact balance. I mean, can you can you imagine trying to tackle these guys? Oh my God! I mean, you hit Bucky one, two, three, four. I think I counted five separate contacts on that one we you just mentioned in that first quarter. Just. And and he keeps going, and I you know, and I think back to uh, was it the Washington game where where JJ ran into the end zone backwards from about eight yards out because it just kept bouncing off people. I mean, the I don't know what Krav Maga you know my type stuff they're doing to work on their core and their balance, but it's working. I mean, I do like the old man balance stuff, like while well, I'm brushing my teeth, you know, I'm on one foot, you know, for 30 seconds right. and I go over the other foot. But that's just my old man balance work. I mean, they're doing some stuff that's that's out of this world. Yeah. Um, as we look at the fourth quarter, uh, just a finish. 
you know, this was a, this was just a game that Oregon had to finish, and that's exactly what they did there in the fourth quarter. Dan Lanning calling this Oregon's first four-quarter game, uh, which I do agree with. Um, they came out, yep. they had that fast start, they kept the pedal down, and they really finished. Is this the last time we play Utah? Mm, that's a great question. Is this a team you'd like to see them schedule in the non-conference in the future? I mean, not and not immediately, obviously, because you know schedules are done for the first you know next couple of years. But is this right. a team you'd like to see on Oregon schedule to keep the rivalry alive? Well, with that question, there there because there's one caveat to that, and that's you know they go we're going into the Big Ten. But you're still going to play Oregon State every year. Yep. So that's who's one. not in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So you've got two, maybe three, but let's probably only two. Probably two. Yep. Non conference games a year. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but for me, on just a very personal level, I'm okay with doing something new. Yeah. I Utah doesn't have the rivalry stakes to me that a USC that a you know someone like that. Although I guess USC is coming with us, aren't they? So yep, they're coming with but, us. We get to play them in a, in a conference game in the Big Ten, which is going to just be which so is so strange, wild. Yeah, can't wait to see. <laughs> can't wait to see Illinois versus USC every year. That'll oh be great. Gosh, it's so weird. So, <laughs> weird. I think I think one thing, and I don't know who said this on Twitter. It was really smart. I think one game a year rotating kind of between a, a Utah, a Washington state, mm. a Cal, a Stanford kind of one game, one of those two games you mentioned kind of rotating, if nothing else, just to mitigate travel, because yeah. this Oregon team is going to be flying all over the country, you know, for these games against the big 10. So to have some away games that are somewhat close to home and against yeah. teams that you have a history against, have a tradition against, um, I think makes a ton of sense. And it's not yeah, like you said, you don't have to really schedule good... two, just schedule one per yeah. year and have it kind of rotate between them. That's a that's a really good idea to to have, you know, to keep the traditional Pac-12 schools uh, in your back pocket for non-conference play. Because you at least, you know, we always, schedule makers always want at least one tune-up game as well. You you know, you want they want the, the Portland State or the Hawaii or the, northern arizona or whatever it's going to be each year um but uh you know i'm never opposed when that doesn't happen when they you know move up a little bit to at least you know a d1 level team but that's (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry rainbow warriors fans say no it's the truth though it's the truth you got a beautiful campus but you're going to see one of those games per year, maybe two for Oregon, especially moving into the Big Ten. You know, they're going to want some some, some of those tune-up games, some mm-hmm. of those tune-up games, which are so important. All right, any last thoughts, anything else you want to get out um, about this Utah game before we look to move on? I mean, it, it was just – it was really fun to see four quarters of football, like Coach said. Uh, you know, they put together – three and a half a couple times uh this year but even even washington state you know a game we came away from going oh well you know they did what we wanted and it was great except for that last touchdown that they gave up Uh, yeah Yeah. they they didn't play for half a quarter and they gave up one more score so yeah it's nice to see him go bell to bell 
No doubt. No doubt. And I'm going to, I mean, we already talked about it a little bit. We talked about it in the instant recap podcast. I'm just going to shout out Taishim Johnson. Just an incredible yes. game by him uh, being locked up on Vaki, holding him to no receptions whatsoever and really taking out a massive X factor in that game. So shout yes. out. All right. We, we I, oh, I owe you a small apology, Taishim. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was unfamiliar with your game, Taishim. I was unfamiliar with you. Yeah. And shout out, you know, shout out Lane Kiffin giving Taishim some love also on the Twitterverse out there. Love to see coaches, you know, you know, giving guys that were in their programs previously a little bit of love. Yes. All right. So as we look ahead here to the California Golden Bears coming into Autzen Stadium, kickoff at two thirty, I believe that's correct. I, that uh, off sounds the top right. of my head, I think that's correct. Uh, Cal currently three and five overall, one and four in conference. And before we get into just the you know the duck D and the duck O of it all, I think the biggest thing that Oregon has to do in this game, and it's something that is really difficult to do after a big time win when you're you're seeing yourself all over Twitter. You're seeing yourself all over, you know, the national pundits. You're hearing all the news clippings about yourself. Just avoid that emotional letdown. You know, at the end of the day, these are still 19, 18 year old kids, you know, to 23, 24, in Bo Nix's case, 34. But, um, you know, <laughs> just avoiding that emotional letdown. You know, you know, all jokes aside, and I, I was really hard on Bo Nix coming into Oregon, I was not a fan of it. You know, I was oh, definitely you team, and me both. Yeah, I was definitely team Ty Thompson. Uh, if Shane were on the podcast right now, I know he'd be bringing up Bo Nix's uh, Flock Pod Hall of Fame status and where that is, and and it's definitely something to be considered. I think we need to we'll have that conversation at the end of the season when we do our Flock Pod Hall of Fame nominations. But boy, just this is one of those games that Oregon would traditionally struggle. And yes. it just, it scares me to have a head coach like Justin Wilcox coming in, who's a good head coach. Say what you want. I know Duck Twitter <clears throat> is out there and, you know, the the jokes were flying when Oregon looked at, you know, Justin Wilcox and the, all those Oregon alumni, you know, came together and said they wanted Wilcox to be considered for position. Can he recruit? No, not very well. Can he develop? Okay, maybe not the best developer, but that guy can create a game plan. And that's that's what really concerns me. So as you look at the big picture here at this Cal game, what's the number one thing you think Oregon needs to focus on to get this dub? The number one thing, and it and it's and I'm gonna go with what I mentioned uh right at the end of our instant react podcast, and is play your game mm -hmm. and it's cut and it's stick to your game. Don't the, yeah. Justin Wilcox can game plan. He he's he Cal is never a patsy. They're not they're not a northern Illinois wandering in just ready to get their asses handed to them. This, this is a team that's been real Auburn really team. tough. This is a team that yes. all, that should have beat USC. They should have had a a penalty on that two point conversion opportunity, and they should have had another opportunity to beat Trojans. So this is this is a Absolutely. good team. This is a good team. This is a good team that puts up a lot of points for what it's worth. They're averaging thirty two and a half, thirty two, thirty two and a quarter a game, basically is what it amounts to. So thirty three points a game. That's a lot of points. And so this is a team that's going to come in and they've got absolutely nothing to lose. And so if you come in thinking you can just put in two quarters, two and a half quarters of effort, 
Or if you want to get cutesy with your game plan and you're like, no, we're going to come out and we're going to establish the run. And then they start stonewalling you or we're going to throw all over these guys and it's just not happening. You got to play to your strengths. Know what you're doing. Don't don't get out of your lane, I guess, yep. is the best way I can yeah, stay put in your it, lane. You know? And I think the number one lane, as we jump into this preview here to looking at the duck defense, the number one lane and the number one, number four, number seven things <laughs> the ducks need to focus on this week is stopping Jaden Ott. Uh, Jade Knott yep. is a really, really talented running back. Uh, I got laughed at by Shane when I took him in our uh, Pac-12 fantasy draft over there on the Skull & Long podcast, but he has been a stud, literally carried them against USC. And had he finished that game, had he been available to finish that game, he probably would have been getting that rock on that two-point conversion and probably had a better opportunity to score. Uh, head yeah. coach Justin Wilcox says he should be available this weekend. So that is the number one thing that this duck defense needs to do. And just like Vaki, you got to know where he is at all times. You got to know because he, Jaden is a more pure runner. I mean, Vaki is a converted safety, so that's not saying much. Yeah. But Jay not, not yeah. is a, is an NFL caliber running back. I mean, this kid. Yeah. Uh, where's he that is. number one? Uh, doesn't quite bring the Javid best. You know, memories back. He, he doesn't quite have that kind of explosiveness, yeah. but he broke in that, you know, early in that USC game, he broke two really long touchdown runs. This kid's really impressive. So as Oregon get prepares, they have to focus on stopping number one. Absolutely. I, he's put up, let's see, 754 yards and eight scores so far uh, through what? Seven, seven games. And it, that's six and it's six yards a carry. And we're talking about a team that, yeah, like we said, we put they they put up numbers, but they're not, you know, they don't have the 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 horses that the ducks do. But the fact that Ott is putting up numbers like that tells you this kid has talent, and he will run right past you he's if special. you let him. Yeah, he's truly special. So, so that you're absolutely right. It, the just as you know, the game plan for Washington State two weeks ago. Was shut was contained the passing game, yep. contained the quarterback. Shut down Cam Ward. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. It, this this week is shut down the run. Yep. And I think if we are able to do that, and again, it, this we'll we'll talk about this on the the offensive side of the ball. But if they're able to stop Jade Nod or at least slow him down, at least contain him, you know, hold him to three yards per carry, you know, those kinds mm -hmm. of numbers. If they can force Fernando Mendoza to make plays, he's a talented kid. I mean, I watched a little bit of his tape. I uh, really dove deep on that USC game. He's a, he's a talented kid, but he will make mistakes. He will make mistakes. He will throw errant passes. He will try to force the ball into tight windows. So if we can put a little pressure on him, force Fernando to Mendoza to make plays, I think it really puts that duck defense in position where they can get aggressive. They can get back to playing downhill against that Cal offense. And I mean, you're seeing the, I mean, I was worried about the defensive line, not necessarily from a talent perspective, but just from a depth perspective as we came into the season. And I've been proven wrong. I mean, these kids, the, the, the freshmen have really come out and played really, really well. And I've just been incredibly, I'm just been very happy with the amount of pressure that Oregon's been able to get on the quarterback in the, in the last few weeks. So let's see that happen again this week against Mendoza, force him to make a couple mistakes. Absolutely agree. And, you know, 
we're always saying these are babies. Mendoza is a baby. Mendoza, he's a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's coming in to the zoo, man. And he, he what the, he's got a defensive line that will come after him. And what we, and like you said, what we need is for, we say it every week that pass rush, if that pass rush can get him rattled, he will, he will make mistakes. And then, you know, Kyrie and Taishim and those guys, uh, Evan Williams, whose, whose name I bring up every week, either good or bad. He's playing playing, and he's playing great right now. If he can get in the backfield like he's been doing the last couple of weeks, if he can lay the wood to Ott, get his hands on uh, on uh, the quarterback, then, yeah, the, the mistakes will come and the Ducks will be able to capitalize. I think, I think, as we've said over and over, getting pressure and capitalizing on those mistakes. Well, this is exactly what we talked about coming into the Utah game, how important a fast start is. You know, playing yep. against a quarterback that, you know, is, is a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback, not a quarterback that can go win you a game. So if Oregon can come out similar to what they did against Utah at the end of that first quarter, uh, be up 14 to three, <clears throat> shoot, be up 21 to three, uh, scoring touchdowns down there. Obviously, that Cal defense does, uh, you know, stiffen up in the end zone. But yeah, their red just, zone D's. Yeah, getting that getting that fast start and forcing Cal to play an uphill game for the rest of the for the rest of the game, I think is going to be really important. And again, watching this Cal film, I count one. I mean, ninety one. Their defensive tackle is their only real big guy. You know, I hate to I hate to just you know be like the the off the bus scouting report dude over here, but I think this is a game where you you open up the phone booth, you say, Hey, Cal, come on in. Come on into the phone yeah. booth with us, <laughs> and we're just going to beat the hell out of you all game long. Let JPJ eat. Let him get as many pancakes as he can. Let this offensive line eat and just wear this Cal team down. So when you brought up earlier, you know, just running the ball early on, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think they're yep. going to try to soften up this Cal defense. I think they're going to really allow JJ and Bucky to eat. And I could see the first drive of this game being a – nine play you know 72 yard drive taking off six seven minutes off the clock just because oregon is just pounding the rock absolutely i think that could yeah i could definitely see that happening and like you said one thing uh one thing oregon has really improved in uh recent years you know i i think back to not that long ago um when when Oregon was really getting on the map nationally getting into the national you know top 10 rankings on a regular basis and and you'd hear the national pundits one thing they would always talk about is that Oregon didn't have the size yep. mm-hmm. especially up front yeah there's their speed team yeah to hang with your with Alabama or Ohio State or insert blue blood here nowadays that's not true no it's just not but the thing is the rest of the not not the rest of the pac-12 but several teams in the pac-12 like cal don't look like oregon trying to go up against 2009 alabama yep you know yeah they Um, just look small i just yeah i just couldn't get over it so just get get out there out physical them 
and punch him in the mouth and dare him to respond. When I think if you do that, if you do come out and play bully ball in the first quarter and the second quarter and just really run them over, uh, run through a motherfucker's face, as we love to say here on this podcast, um, then you can loosen up that secondary and USC just through, I mean, Caleb Williams is super talented. USC has a lot of talented wide receivers, but Bo Nix is really good. You know, Troy Franklin's really good. Gary Bryant's really good. Treshawn Holden's really good. Tez Johnson's really good. Good luck, Cal Secondary. That's all I have to say. Because <laughs> if you if you do start trying to put seven guys in the box or eight guys in the box to try to stop that running game, it's over. It's because you're going to get chunk plays then. And this has been Oregon's bread and butter. You saw it against Utah. Run the ball, run the ball, hit the edge, hit the edge, play action, boom, seam play to Ferguson, boom, seam play to Franklin, crossing route to Tez. So just loosening up that that Cal defense um, with that running game and then taking advantage of those chunk plays. And Bo has done a great job this season, and in particular in the last few weeks, of hitting those throws. We haven't seen the yes. overthrows that we saw earlier on this season. It looks like he's really in sync, if you will, with that wide receiver group. He absolutely does. That's, you know, I, I think back – I. I <laughs> I feel like I'm going in the nostalgia machine several times today, but hey, it is what it is. So I, I think back to when um, the other Justin, Mr. Herbert, uh, was the quarterback at Oregon and how how often we would see, even at, towards the tail end of his college career, we would see him just by two yards sail it on somebody you know, down the middle trying to pick up that 15-yard, 20-yard first day. Like, just all the time anytime you saw him really cork one you're like ah, oh, that, that, that. <laughs> we got a 50 50 chance yeah. when it really should have been much more much more streamlined so to 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 see Bo hit those throws consistently over and over is so nice um you know uh d- look as a packers fan uh i i i really would love jordan love to succeed he's a great kid I want to see that happen, but you know what? Uh, they're going to have a pretty high pick in the second round, and uh, if there's another green and yellow quarterback sitting there, uh, I'm just saying, I'm just, Bo Nix and Green saying, Bay you know, wouldn't be terrible. Just saying. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a look. It's time for predictions uh, as we look ahead here. Oregon is a 24 and a half point favorite. The over-under is 59, according to betmgm.com. I think this is a game where the Oregon offense gets loose a little bit more. I think this is a game that they actually put up more points than they put up. I think Utah, I mean, Oregon made that Utah defense look pedestrian, but that's a good defense. Mm -hmm. Cal is not a good defense. No. So I think... an average at best. Yeah. I think Oregon runs away with this one. I think it's, again, it's a quick start. I think they're up early, you know, 21-7, something like that, 24-7 early on in this game, early on in the first half, and I think they run away with it late. I've got Oregon winning this game 43-13. to What do you got for a prediction, Jesse? Nice. Nice. I, I do think Cal will be able to put up a few more points than that. I feel like I'm always going higher than you. I'm always looking for for more points maybe that's just wishful thinking more more everyone loves more scoring more um, points more points so let's see 59 uh 59 total 
Um, and I think I saw either you said it, I think saw it earlier that, that Oregon is favored by 24, 24. And a um, half. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I do think they'll cover, um, but I think they're going to hit the over uh, oh, with the okay. two of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Fif- yeah. Yeah. 50 to hell with it. I'm going to go <laughs> 50 fif- burger, 50 burger. Right on. Give me 50. Right on. And then uh, 50, 20, 50, 23. Oh, so a lot like of that. points. You think that's going to be a, a high scoring points. game? Okay. 50 to 23 yep. is Jesse's prediction. A little bit of a windshield wiper game for the Oregon Ducks against Cal. Um, if you're going to Otson this weekend, it's going to be cold. Make sure you're geared up. Make sure you're ready for the elements out there. As you know, it never rains in Otson Stadium, but it does get cold. So make sure you're ready and bring those vocal cords to support your ducks. Uh, My bef- God, it's cold down here, by the way. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> Desert cold is different than than Oregon cold. Um, it's 28 degrees outside. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's cool. <laughs> um, I do want to just touch on this real quick uh, before we get into last take. Uh, Oregon did secure a big-time commitment from a five-star prospect from Tucson, Arizona, Elijah Rushing. A six foot six, two hundred and thirty five pound edge uh, was originally committed to Arizona. Uh, decommitted about a month and a half ago, if I remember correctly. Instantly was a big target for Oregon. Rumors were flying all over the place that he was going to be an Oregon Duck, and he did just commit the other day. So good for the Ducks. Yes, uh, they they are now number six in on three's national recruiting rankings. And before this commitment, uh, they haven't been updated yet that I could see because I don't have ESPN Insider, but uh, uh, they were fourth on ESPN rankings before this commitment. So we'll see how much higher okay. they jump up. Okay, excellent. That's what I like to hear. You know what? I mean, that's such a huge aspect of keeping the program mm-hmm. where it's at yeah. is getting those top 10 recruiting classes. Well, and him combined with Breland, I mean, it's going to be scary hours, you know, for this Oregon defense Ooh. for years to come. I've just been really impressed with the way that Lanning's been able to keep that West Coast talent uh, coming here to Oregon. Not not saying keeping them at home per se, but at least keeping them on the West Coast, the best coast, the left coast. Yes. All right, Jesse, it is time for last take. What do you got for us this week? I know we're the a day past Halloween. Um, I hope everyone had a fantastic Halloween. We did well. Uh, took the little guy. Uh, he'll be eight next month. We took him uh, out trick-or-treating, obviously. Our neighborhood is not the best for trick-or-treating, so we went a um, couple neighborhoods over. Uh, tried a different one this year, um, and it was a great success. You know, we got there. Uh, and like that first street was a bit dark and you're like, Ooh, no, maybe we picked the wrong neighborhood. But then like <laughs> literally just like turned a corner and was like, Oh no, we're good. There's good, a good, 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 dozen good. houses down here. No, it was great. So, and he's such, he's so funny. He's, he's, he, he's such a stickler for like rules and stuff at about eight 30. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. We could, we can head back. I'm like, really? You don't. <laughs> so, um, tired. but pretty much. It was pretty funny, uh, but my take portion of this um, is is something to stick in y- y'all's pockets for next year. Um, there are no rules to free candy day, okay? <laughs> I don't care if it's a grown-up. 
I don't care if it's a teenager. I don't care how good their costume is or how little effort you think they put into it. It's free candy day. Someone knocks on your door. They get free candy. I don't care. I love this. I don't care. 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 I don't care if they can't say trick or treat. I don't care if they have a blue bucket. I don't care. I don't care. There are no rules. No, someone knocks on the door and has a thing or holds out their hand. I don't care. (laughs) It's free candy day. Get them candy. Yes. And I was talking about this with the partner last night and I was saying to her, you know, I, you know, I trick or treated many times. I went, uh, I was always a big kid. So when I went at 12, you know, I got some nasty remarks like, aren't you too old? So, but you know, what's funny. I don't remember any other houses. I remember the houses that were shitty. Totally. Absolutely. That's the human brain for you. Yeah. And so don't be the shitty house. Okay. Don't be the shitty house. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to dovetail on that take Uh, as again, I'm an Uber driver here in Eugene. Uh, Shout out the graveyard Uber scene. And um, we brought some, uh, we brought some candy bars, you know, in the, in the Uber last night to hand out to, to riders. And we're not messing around. We got full size candy bars. None of this little stuff. You know what I mean? We had a full Costco multi-pack there. Absolutely. Had the, had the full sizes. I, it was Costco. That's hilarious. Um, That's awesome. I've always thought if we ever live in a place that I'm going to be able, that we're going to have trick-or-treaters or like once the kid's out of the house or whatever, I'm like, I'm totally hitting the Costco yep. multi-pack and just eat the cost and because you're going to be the coolest house on the block. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I didn't get to, I stayed home for a while hoping we'd get some trick-or-treaters. And of course, right when I left for work, we got a bunch of trick-or-treaters. Nah. Uh, Miga, Miga was here at the house handing out the full-size candy bars, stoking kids out, which was great. But but my take is is less is a little less happy, Jesse, because you know, oh no, you give out these candy bars, you give out things to people, and this might just be petty. This might be a little old man in me, but don't eat the candy bar and then leave the wrapper in my car. Oh, bad form! Don't leave the wrapper behind. Don't leave chocolate on my seat. Like, oh, I should have seen that coming. Yeah, oh, I mean, it, I, sh- I probably should have just made the rule, you know, no eating until you get out of it. But I thought, you know, they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not little kids. I don't need to tell them that. But just, just don't leave the wrapper behind. Take the candy bar. Be appreciative. Be grateful for the candy bar, and keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Take your trash with you, people. I just, yeah, that was that was a little, you know, it was great. Halloween was great. Halloween was chaos actually was it out there driving halloween night wasn't too bad but the weekend was just absolutely oh, bonkers yeah. uh down yep. on campus had a full moon saturday night too all kinds of chaotic energy out <laughs> that there that was so. <laughs> i really should have n- realized that the full moon was coming on saturday oh, yeah. and that was going to be some weird ass shit yeah yeah it was, that's it was definitely times. crazy out there in the in the uberverse but good times you know nothing nothing too crazy nothing i can't handle so always a good time. All right, Jesse, always this podcast a was a good time. Oh, always a professional. This podcast was a good time today, but it has come to an end. As always, take care of your chicken. Take care of your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you. We out. Sorry.
Shout a little bit softer now. 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 Shout a little bit softer now.